Hello and welcome to another E-Myth Your Business podcast. I'm Karen Iwata, your podcast host, a master E-Myth coach, seminar leader, and uh, overall E-Myth expert. Really happy to be here with you and to introduce to you someone that I met a couple of months ago at one of our uh, seminars, at one of the events that we were doing up in Nova Scotia, Canada. Her name is April Glavine. She's from New Brunswick, and she has the most interesting business concept that has just absolutely taken off. I'm delighted to introduce you to her because she said that Emith had a strong influence in the way that her business developed and in terms of the future vision that she holds for that business. So April, welcome so much. Well, thank you very much, Karen. We are delighted to have you here. Thank you. I'm delighted to be able to contribute. Now, the company is called Lean Machines Healthy Vending. And when we were talking up in um, Nova Scotia, in Halifax, actually, and by the way, I, I noticed as I was looking at your, uh, at your website, www.leanmachines.ca, that you are a recent Halifax Business Awards winner. You won the 2010 Gold Medal. Congratulations. That is correct. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm not surprised actually as a result of our of our conversation. So, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about what Lean Machines is and your story, how this all came to be? Fantastic. So, um, basically, I will get started. Um, I was living in New Zealand and then I moved to Spain. And while I was living in Spain, I had noticed that Obesity issues in, in Canada continued to be on the rise, especially in children. And that was a little disheartening for me because of the fact that um, I never really thought that food would make that much of a shift that we'd actually be um, causing a pandemic. So when I returned to Canada, I returned with the sole intention to basically gather some funds and to move back to Spain to get my master's. And I lasted about four months working as a financial advisor with Capital Health. I just could not stomach it anymore, and I had to start to contribute and to hopefully, at the end of the day, make a difference with regards to providing convenient foods that were allowing children to make healthier choices in schools. So that was as, as big as my vision at that point in time. I thought, one machine at a time. Um, I wasn't a cardiologist. I was not a dietitian. So I, wasn't, I you know, didn't have the expertise to go out there and start, I guess, in some ways, lecturing people on what it is that they should be doing to be eating healthier and to be a little more conscious of the snacks and the calories that they're getting from those convenient products that they're purchasing, that they should be making some healthier choices. And these are vending machines, correct? They are, yes. Okay. So that's exactly how I got started. I got started with one vending machine in a grammar in the Halifax Grammar School. And um, at that point in time, the Halifax Grammar School, because it was a private school and it wasn't on a public budget, it allowed them to take on a little bit of risk. Because of the education system, they, were, they had been you know, incurring a decreased budget every year. Not every school was open for taking the risk of trading out a traditional vending machine and replacing it with a healthy vending machine. So once we replaced the, the healthy vending machine, the lean machine, into the Halifax Grammar School, it essentially, um, business started to grow 
overnight. And um, really, um, we started um, almost with bootstrapping. We had very few dollars in the company at that point in time. We actually didn't get any um, financial loans. It was all uh, family investment just because we were turned away at the banks. And that um, the students that were visiting the Halifax Grammar School for extracurricular activities and they were going back to their own schools and requesting that they have a lean machine in their school. And the reason why they liked it, you know, their parents were delighted to give them $2 to go make a healthier choice. And uh, they, the parents were encouraging the students to ask their administrative staff in their schools that they were attending to see if they could look into making the shift. Now, I, I have to stop you right here because, of course, we're here in the United States. This is a major issue and actually a, a source of a bit of controversy, vending machines in schools and the kinds of foods that are in the vending machines. I'm just curious, if you've got a vending machine, it, it, do they only have the healthy food choice or could they choose between the traditional vending selections and the lean machine healthy selections? How, how, did, how is it that these kids made the decision to go with the healthier foods? Well, there, that is that is the reason why there was only a lean machine. So they only oh. had the lean machine option. Right. So when a student visits, or anybody for that matter of fact, when you put yourself in the shoes of somebody going to a vending machine, you're often going there almost in desperation. You're You're mm-hmm. hungry, and you need to eat now. So even if you were somebody that um, enjoyed um, pop and, and chips for your choice of snack, when you're there, we've got you. We've captured you. So now you're going to try and find a product that meets your needs. So maybe you'll purchase baked Cheetos instead. Mm-hmm. And then if you continue to do that, all of a sudden you're realizing that you're, create, you're changing somebody's habit. And that's how we got them. Well, fantastic. So you started with the, the, the one school, which is really, you know, you're, I, I'm going to guess it was your prototype, not just for the machine and the selections you had in the machine, but for this whole business model that you created. Absolutely. And so how did you expand from there? So, again, it was definitely a, um, a pull approach more than a push approach because the pull certainly was coming from the students and from the administrative staff. So what had happened, all of a sudden, I had, say, about 20 machines in the market, and I took on every opportunity. So even a machine or a location that called us that was two hours away down in the Annapolis Valley, I said yes. I never said no. So before you know it, I was spending 40-plus hours on the road filling machines. And I almost started to to hate my job. Mm. I knew I was making a difference. But then I was starting to lose who I was. Um, I was filling machines every single day and realizing that this is becoming very taxing. And how am I ever going to grow this company? And if I want to make an impact the way I visioned myself, it's certainly not going to happen by filling machines every day. So I really, um, at, I, was, I was discouraged and um, almost scared that I, I had no choice in the matter. So... Um, I was actually asked to speak in an event at the Junior Achievement Awards. I was asked to be their guest speaker. And for whatever reason, somebody had placed this gentleman next to me, and he had asked me how business is going and what my challenges were, and I basically iterated what I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. And he had said, 
there is a book that you need to read. And I was all ears and open for any suggestions. So I was like, please, if I need to read 10, I'll read them. And he said, no, there's only one. You should read E-Myth Revisited. And I left the event. I went directly to the chapters. Within the second chapter, I had already remodeled my company. I quickly understood the fact that this is not this is not just the fault of myself. It's the way a lot of small businesses start. We start as technicians and we try, we go in there and we're the doer and we're doing the task all the time. But that's not the reason why I started the business. I had a, I wanted to create something that was going to be very impactful and change the way we serve food in schools and hospitals and to help reduce obesity by one machine at a time. And I wasn't certainly going to be able to do that if I was spending all of my energy filling machines. So um, based on that book, um, on E-Myth Revisited, what it is that I decided to do was I needed to create a model that allowed me to work on my business more so than work in my business. So I certainly knew that I'd set myself up for a major transitional phase for the company. Now, let me let me just ask you... Uh, because, of course, this is a story that's quite familiar. Um, on the other hand, hearing it from you, I mean, it sounds like you have a lot of passion, a lot of energy about it. You started out very much as a technician. You did have a big vision in terms of really making a difference in the world. So that is extremely helpful in keeping us uh, you know, looking forward, moving forward, taking the right steps. But what was it like internally for you making the transition from doing everything yourself and obviously having um, not just complete ownership of all of that, but um, having, you know, real hands-on. What was the internal, what was the internal transition like moving to actually being a little bit more distant, objective, so that you could in fact work on it? It, I mean, it was scary at first in the sense that, um, you, you're putting your trust into somebody else to now run your company. And it's probably not running exactly as you know it. Because you have to remember that most people are probably going to work 80% of your 100%. And uh, you have to know that. I didn't know that right away. That certainly took some learning. But um, the transition, as soon as I understood Mm-hmm. where we sit in the entrepreneurial role from technician to managerial to entrepreneurial, it became very clear to me where it is that I sat. And, and I'm, a, I'm a creator. I'm, a, I'm very visionary. And I like to set up models that can basically allow other people to run the company to the degree and build the teams that I need it to create a successful company. So I guess um, what it is that I'm trying to say is that as soon as I understood it, mm-hmm. it became very clear. And so this, what, what year was this, do you recall? 2007. 2007. So in just a very few short years, you've completely turned your business model around, right? And have yes. expanded the business substantially. So, so tell us what, what that process has been, where the business is now, where you see it going. So what that process had been, really what I needed to do then was to figure out exactly which resources I needed to grow my company to the level and to where. And I knew at that point in time that I I really 
started the company with an understanding that I want it to be brand strong. So I, I don't think that I'm thinking too big when I think of Coke and I think of Pepsi, and that's really whom I'm using as a, as a company to kind of inspire after mm-hmm. on the fact that I want to be Coke or Pepsi, but I want to be very brand strong mm-hmm. like Coke or Pepsi. And I guess the reason why I use them is because they have vending machines in the market and they have that small commodity that they dispense. Mm-hmm. So just like Nike or Adidas, McDonald's, Starbucks, and whomever. So once I knew that that was exactly where I wanted to go, I knew that I, at that point in time I had to start partnering with people that were also had the capabilities and the resources to bring us there. So I had a discussion with a company called Compass. They're based out of the UK, and they were um, the market leader in vending. They've been in the business for over 75 years. And I approached them, and I said that this is my thought. This is the trend this is the food shift. I really think that vending, and as you know, you understand you've been in the business for 75 years, I do feel that your company is going to transform in the vending division from traditional vending to healthy vending. And they thought I was crazy. Did <laughs> they? they? Said, <laughs> but yes, they're like, we appreciate your your um, idea and your input, but um, we don't think um, that now's the time. So... I left it at that, so then I started to go for some smaller companies that understood where it is that I wanted to go. So I then started partnering with vending companies that were in the market that had a strong position within their community that really wanted to start to provide to the change that was taking place in in the legislation that had created a food nutrition policy. They wanted to be able to oblige by that. So to do that in a turnkey with very little effort and frustration, they could partner with Lee Machine and be able to provide to their community overnight. So now that we're starting to see a successful trend here, Compass later came back and said, I think we need to have a talk. And I, I you know, we're, we now agree with you. There is a food shift, especially in schools and healthcare. And if we want to continue to be the market leader in vending, we need to start making some changes ourselves. And they were ready to move into healthy vending. So now we had the resources with a larger company that think that is globally, not only thinking globally, that is there. Mm-hmm. And then we also had the strong support with the community vendors that we were working with. What an amazing story. So I, I, I just want to recap the process that you've gone through. And let me know if this is accurate. So it started with um, really a, a very big vision in terms of the impact that you wanted to have, even though in the in the beginning you really didn't know how you were going to make the vision real. You just knew the impact that you wanted to have. Then, when you were introduced to the EMIF, you began to take another look at your role in the organization, and it sounds as if you were able, which is which is not necessarily typical, but you were able to fu- to, to sort of move into that more entrepreneurial. Uh, mindset, that more entrepreneurial role, which was actually more comfortable for you, it sounds, than being a technician. Would you say that's accurate? That is accurate, yes. And then you looked around. So now you're looking at this whole thing from a more entrepreneurial perspective. You've got your vision in place. Then it sounds like you looked around for other models um, who could uh, 
at least provide some sort of roadmap in their success. So you looked at Coke and you looked at uh, Pepsi, models that were in the same space, obviously competitors, but they had already done what you were intending to do, which was become very brand strong. And then you sought out partners who could help you expand, grow, um, who had the resources, the expertise uh, to help you take it to the next level. That is correct. That's You've captured it. Wow. Okay. So now I'm really excited about this because, of course, you know, this is a huge, as I said, issue here in the United States. Um, because we met, uh, you're, you're just such an impressive individual uh, with, with your passion, but also with your vision. Now you're, you're, you're where you are. Where are you going? What's next for Lean Machines? Well, next is to continue to build on, I guess, the foundation that we've created. That foundation certainly took, you know, almost six years from start to finish today. And now when we look at the company model, we feel that we do have a very solid foundation. So from there, we really 110% wholeheartedly believe that we'll be recognized as the number one healthy vending company worldwide. What do we need to do there? We need to continue to build our partnerships. We know they're working. We know they're successful. The other thing that we're doing is we've created a licensee opportunity to allow those that you know are very passionate about creating healthy opportunities and convenient products and educating their community on eating healthy, they can now start their own lean machine company, which we just successfully um, sold a location out in British Columbia and Cantaloupe, and we're very excited about Kirk getting up and running. And the other thing is we've created a, a fundraising opportunity, and we think that, honestly, the fundraising opportunity is really is what is going to get us into the deep pockets of the world before perhaps Lean Machine, because Lean Machine is going to take a little more time, some very solid partnerships, and some strong believers behind us um, that um, are well-connected and that can help us implement this, and, and almost on a government level in some ways, shape, or form, too, because you know, for to make the impact that we do want to make, a lot of the health food movement, it, it it is a legislation approach in some ways. When they make that that call to tax junk food, that makes our road a little easier. Mm-hmm. So we do need some partnerships there that we do understand will take a little longer. Um, but in the meantime, we also have Lean Machine fundraising, and we have our own line that um, can also get out there and get into schools. And that, you know, that we can export into countries and, and we don't need to be there for the operation to get our brand out there. We so, can get our products into their hand without having somebody in the fill, field filling the lean machines. So this is sort of the, the new frontier for you. And I know that you've already gotten started. And that is in developing your own products as opposed, you know, as opposed to just filling the machines with um, products that are manufactured by other uh, uh, vendors who uh, are in alignment with, you know, the healthy eating and so forth. You're developing your own products, and you're, you have sort of a, um, your flagship product. Why don't you tell us about that, Vitapalm? Yes, yes, sorry, it's Vitapalm. Vita. And mm-hmm. um, essentially what it is, um, with regards to, again, to go – Almost the recession is what caused this. 
when the recession took place, we looked at a number of things, and the one um, area that really stood out was sustainability. And looking at our products that are close to home, you know, looking at our farmers and giving back to our own land, and how do we get back to that? So we were just entering the market, and that allowed us to create a product from uh, Canadian soil, purchase apples that we dehydrated into a crispy texture that had no preservatives, no adjectives. They're apples, so they're naturally gluten-free. They're not, they're not being manufactured in a facility that has peanuts, so they're, they're peanut-free as well. But because they're crispy and chip-like, they also appeal to a mass market. So they're not only appealing to a niche market, they're appealing to a mass market. But beyond that, um, we're also getting back to our own homeland. We're almost becoming that love brand. So that flagship product is basically has what set the norm of our future development, which we're just coming out of our two years of research and development to expand, which now will be known as our Vita line. Well, that, that is absolutely fantastic. And if you would like more, for our listeners, if you'd like to have more information about this product, you can certainly find information on uh, the Lean Machine website. Once again, it's www.leanmachines.ca. I also want to let you know that uh, there is an article uh, featuring April Levine that we are going to post on our website, on the Emith website, uh, attached to this podcast. So if you'd like to learn more about her story, you're more than welcome to download that as well and read a little bit further. Uh, April, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I, I find you absolutely inspiring. I love what you are doing um, with your, the vision of your business. And it's so exciting how quickly uh, things are beginning to come together for you so that you can actually realize that dream of having a, a major impact on the eating habits, certainly of our children, um, not just in Canada, but I suspect around the world. So congratulations on a great idea and the way that you're putting this thing together. Sounds like you've got it got it together. Uh, this is going to conclude another one of our E-Myth Your Business podcasts. So April, thank you so much. Well, thank you very much, Karen. Honestly, I, I can't um, I can't really formalize it into words um, enough to the way I really want to say thank you to Emith. Honestly, I, in front of me right now is Emith Mastery. I often go back to that book um, just by allowing me to, even when I get into difficult situations, instead of allowing them to frustrate me, to see myself through it, see myself at the other end. There's there's so many essential tools that in the in one reading of a book that you can really um, impact your life. I, I honestly it has changed the way I think about business, and um, it changed the way that I lead my company. So thank you. Well, you you know you are most welcome, and I think that you just said it. Uh, underlying everything that we do here at Emith Emith Worldwide is influencing or attempting to influence the way that people think about your business. And you certainly shared that shift in thinking with us, really taking on that entrepreneurial perspective. And, and now we're really seeing the results of that. So congratulations to you and thanks for being with us today.
You're welcome. Thank you. If you would like more information about eMyth Worldwide, please feel free to visit our website at www.e-myth.com. Many, many podcasts available for you to listen to on our website. And if you would like to get in touch with April directly, please feel free to contact her at april, A-P-R-I-L, at leanmachines.ca, or you can call her at 902 482-0640. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we look forward to inviting you back to a future Emith Your Business podcast.